from TMP to TTNG For sure the cure and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive Mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore Episode 18 of the E-Word here. This is Kyle, Madison Headquarters. Over there in Austin, Headquarters is my friend Ellie. Ellie, what's going on? I feel really nice to hear that I'm your friend. That's nice to hear. Makes me happy. You're also Uh, the co-host. I'm also the co-host, and I have a beautiful new condenser mic uh, that makes me sound all professional now. We now sound better than our guests. (laughs) Uh, I would... We'll see about that. (laughs) <laughs> i've got when like james a... <laughs> when james sends us the audacity file no I, i'm not doing that because you told me not to so i i didn't want to like upstage you that didn't seem fair he's gonna he's gonna send us his own edit of this podcast in like flak format i'm literally gonna like <laughs> remix it so that's good. our that's our special guest james cassar from twitter.com from modern vinyl i'm gonna let you give us your resume what's up Hey, uh, I don't really do a lot anymore, uh, but currently I started a venture called Rumble Pack because everything that I do is going to be named after the Nintendo 64 from now on because Nintendo didn't trademark anything, so it's fine now. Um, I started it with this girl, Rachel Malvich, who we went to kindergarten together and then reconnected 15 years later, so... um, we manage Barely Civil, and we manage this band Bristletongue, and a third band that we haven't announced yet. I used to cooperate uh, Near Mint, which is a record label I founded with Corey Purvis. Um, we put out a lot of cassette reissues from like Knuckle Puck, Modern Baseball, um, Marietta. We actually put out the second Marietta record on vinyl with Dog Nights, um, and we worked with the Obsessives, Broken Beak. Um, and a lot of other bands like Rocky Bodolato, and currently Corey is working on the I Kill Giants reissue, yeah. and yes. Sirius Black, which is our first hip-hop release, so that's cool. Um, and I used to write for Property of Zach, I wrote a column called Redone, and All Press, and I wrote reviews and wrote about like social issues. And as you said, I 
and the co-host of the Modern Vinyl Podcast. We are a professional audio production, and we're going to Chicago next week to record live as part of this thing called Pod Slam, which is like a charity podcast marathon. So it's like 12 hours of podcasting. And I think there's like a, a wrestling ring. I'm really excited to figure it out. I think we're going to see Diet Sig too, so I'm like stoked. But that's it, yeah. I, I did a lot and I am verified, so I stopped. <laughs> Real quick, just because you mentioned bristle tongue, I was talking to to Kyle about this earlier, but you snow from bristle tongue. We went to art school together. Oh, no way, that's rad. <laughs> yeah, when I lived in Chicago we had a freshman algebra class together. <laughs> freshman algebra. All right, yeah. let's get into this episode. I'm calling it. I'm calling it right here. Let's get into this episode. This is the E word. This is about emo, not about the Simpsons or REM. Uh, James, I want to talk about Reddit. What is your relationship with Reddit? So in college, um, I had a roommate who made me a subreddit. If you go to R James Cassar, which what? is a real thing, um, it's all my tweets. Like they get published there. So. I don't check it. I don't mod it. I don't know what it is. Like, I didn't touch it. He's just like, hey, I made you a subreddit. I'm like, why? I, I'm i like in our email. I like monitor it. Um, I'm not super active, but like I'm in there just because I made that joke. It's like our emo drive. Like everyone makes that joke on yeah. Twitter.com. The E word. So Isaac, who's in Barely Civil, texted me and said, someone said they sounded like you on the E word podcast. Um, Which was so, Alex saying that I sound like you. Yeah, Alex, Alex rocks. Snacking. Alex does this vaporwave thing that combines vaporwave with like Wave Race '64, which is my favorite Nintendo '64 game. And they hit me up and were like, "Yeah, I did this thing." And I was like, "How did you know that? Like, <laughs> this is like my fucking shit." And I love that. And Alex did like VHS tapes and like lathe cut vinyl and i'm i want to buy the whole set like i i want to be a completionist for that because i think it's like so cool do you think that we sound alike james yes or no you actually sound like um so we have a producer on the modern vile podcast his name is Britton. you sound like him okay so i genuinely think y'all do sound like pretty similar i'm not i think we just have that deep that deep voice Uh, i think it's it's less like the voice itself and more like the timbre and like uh the inflections like you have like a, kind of like a similar drawl that makes sense yeah absolutely that does make sense yeah. yeah yeah do you do you listen to the e-word i do now um <laughs> he's, I, he's listening to us talk at him currently no i like i listen to it um in preparation for this i think like People do go into podcasts without listening to the podcasts that they're yeah. going on. Which, that, fun fact, Tom Mullen did uh, not listen to us at all. Definitely not. That's surprising. <laughs> he, yeah. But, like, he's busy. He's like, yeah, yeah we, did, uh, we did that live podcast. It was, like, us. Bad Timing Records did it with us. So, Zach and Thomas. And so, Washington email, like, brought the crowd because it was, like, Texas Reason, The Promise Ring. Like, not like the famous people from these bands, but like Promise Ring, Texas to the Reason, and um, Thursday. And so I made a joke during our episode that Thursday is my favorite band because Thursday is my favorite day of the week. And <laughs> like, I think he mentioned it on the other podcast. He's like, Yeah, I heard this joke. It wasn't funny. And he like said it. And I was like, Oh, that's embarrassing. Was um, it, was it Jeff? 
Honestly, it's been three years, and I don't remember. Also, Fred from Triple Crown was there, and I was like, that sucks. Because I was just like, I'm embarrassing myself in front of these, like, emo overlords. (laughs) Um, It was fun, though. You grow up. You learn. You change. That's that's kind of the entire premise of this podcast is us embarrassing ourselves in front of emo overlords, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some feedback. It's kind of funny how we have to go about this. So episode 16 is the most recent one that has been out at this time. That was the episode with Elliot from Michael Sarah Palin. Uh, that was a good episode. It, it, it got kind of a strange reaction, I feel like. First of all, people are not happy with your thoughts on the new Fox Nine record, Ellie. They can suck it. Okay, I'm gonna chime in here. So yeah, I, I make this joke that Foxing broke up after they wrote the medic and were never heard from again because for a long time I had never heard another Foxing song. So I just assumed that they were the band that wrote the medic and nothing else. But then it like turned into me being a jerk because then they did all this rollout stuff and I was like, wow. Because the day the Foxing record came out, I tweeted like a fake playlist that said, Here, my God, but it, everything was the medic. People were like, You're like, listen to it. And I was like, No. <laughs> like, why would I listen to it when I got clout from this tweet? Um, <laughs> I didn't get like actual clout. I'm not fucking Jake Soldier, but like, <laughs> I, I love him. You're following uh, him up. I know. I texted actually... him yesterday about that. <laughs> so, did that, did that rock? Yeah, Jake was just down. He was he was down to talk about everything, and that's good. Yeah. He was very he was very chill. He was very like straightforward, like not like not a very bullshit person at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm excited for that. He we used to have this Facebook group when I worked for Driftwood Records, which is a name. Oh no, ah. Angina, but uh... <laughs> what a what a dance. What a dandy time of your life, isn't that? Uh, <laughs> um, so Jake is like, yeah, um, I'm starting this label called Counterintuitive, and like all the profit is going to go to the bands. And we were all like, that's a really dumb idea. And we kind of were like pushing back on it, but uh, he's killing it. I'm really glad that he's doing what he wants. He's kind of like Lamo Records in that regard, where they just press whatever. And, like, everything he presses is, like, super good. So good for him. I'm excited to hear this episode because we were texting yesterday. I don't remember what we said, but I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm, like, you're a tough act to follow. But he's crushing it. P-Daddy forever. Who knows, mm-hmm. Jake? But Ellie, so near my God has not grown on you or anything. If anything. You stand by If anything, thoughts. I, like. It's gotten Yeah, worse. I would not that it's gotten worse, but that like my distaste for it has grown. Okay. Um, and I, I know that I have to attribute part of that to like people being mad at my opinion. Yeah. I know that part of it has to be with like has to do with like me being like contrarian little shit, but I totally hated that record before I knew the consensus on it. I don't know. I already gave my opinion. I don't need to reiterate it, but like yeah okay whatever. yeah it's like grown on me a little bit like i like it a lot i've listened to it a bunch since maybe it's just because like i never actually liked foxing you know what i mean i mean i i still hate dealer i think dealer fucking but sucks. i mean like even when i like enjoyed foxing's music i never considered myself to like like foxing are you like allergic to liking okay. shit i'm trying to i like <laughs> hate things to hate things it's fine but like 
I don't know. Like, I don't think that's the case because I totally like I gas up bands all the time. Like, I love a lot of shit. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's just when I when I decide I don't like something, like one, like two things happen. One, I exaggerate my opinion for comedic effect. Like that's just like my my go to because I think it's like funny to rile people up. Um, and two, like uh, because I like things with such intensity. I also usually, like, when I dislike something, I dislike it with the same intensity that I like things. So. Hey, that's good. You're consistent. I'm down with that. All right. Uh, <laughs> and then I don't, we don't have much for follow-up for episode 17 because it's not out. But, yeah, we talked about it. It's great. Jake's killing it. And uh, I'm excited for everyone to hear that and react to that. So let's talk about what we've been listening to. Uh, James, we'll give you the, the, the number one seat here. What have you been listening to lately? So I made you a playlist. I'm just going to read. Because I, I, like, I, like, had a list, and I was like, you know what? My brand is, like, fucking playlists, so I'm just going to do it. So for Everest did, like, a split release for Halloween last year, but I've been listening to their debut. So, like, I'm, like, really content with living in, like, 2015, and like listening to music for men, but like newer stuff, um, Origami Angel, uh, Hometown Losers has one song, but I think it rocks. It's called Tulips. Um, I discovered it on the Washed Up Emo playlist, actually. Um, Radiator Hospital, that's not new, but uh, discovered that Hot Mulligan is actually a good band. So, yeah, cool. I yeah. like, I liked um, the thing before this, Opportunities, and then some of their splits but um i hate their song titles that's another thing that like needs to die we all live <laughs> through metalcore right myspace and i'm like some are you great... saying that are you saying that html rules dude is not the greatest song title of okay, all time but like <laughs> this is my point right is like there was a time and place for that and i think like if hot mulligan is a pop punk band and you think about pop punk bands like man overboard and like the story so far even like they're pretty but direct like, song titles, and so I don't like, know because because Fallout Boy and Daggermouth, uh, etc., also had like wonky song titles, and you can go back and like find like uh, those same type of like crazy song titles in like late '90s hardcore, like Drowning Man and Coalesce. You know, I think it's like it's not like a genre specific thing. Okay, so I was barely civil, and I played D and D together when they stayed here. Um, I live in Philly, by the way, and. I have a D&D &D character that has a rule that can only speak in Hot Mulligan song titles. So, like, I say I hate the gooey disc a lot. I whisper thank you a lot. And this isn't me beefing with Hot Mulligan because I, like, wrote their first bio and, like, worked their Everyone Leaves split. Like, we know each other, but, like, <laughs> somebody, like, Pluto was never really a planet either, even. What does that even say? Like, there are a lot of extra words in the eh. It's fine. HTML rules, dude, though. I have the Reptar Devil Wars Pro shirt. I've never done it. Like, That's so a great shirt. Shirts in the I, want, I want zany Neon Sea merch to come back. I want CU Space Cowboy to do, like, fucking straight up, like, zany Neon Sea, like, like bring me the that Bring Me the Horizon shark shirt. I want that to come back. Yeah, I, I have a Bring Me the Horizon shirt. It's a little more, like, straight lace. It's like there's a mountain and there's, like, a key on it. Is that some eternal era? <laughs> I no, it was um what is that record? There is a hell. There is uh, a hell believe me. 
Yeah, there was a. I have this. Okay, there's this picture. I'll send it to you. Um, it's me. It's a screenshot of a YouTube video. I used to do like drum covers, but I wasn't like good at the drums, so that's why it's like special. And there was I like drums to Teenage Dream by Katy Perry, but I was wearing a Devil Wears Prada shirt, and it's like a really ugly like werewolf shirt that I got from Hot Topic for like three dollars. Metalcore forever. Anything else that you wanna talk about, James, from your playlist? Uh, yeah. So we got sidetracked there. Spirit of the Beehive, they fucking roll. Shannon mm-hmm. Moser, that record's really good. I like got Dixie Chicks vibes from her voice, um, and that's cool. Uh, Culture Abuse uh, is changing the game. They're punker than literally everyone. So okay, I do not like that new record. You don't. I don't. Yeah, I me think neither. it's. I'm on Kyle's side. I think I think it lost a lot of what I liked about them, which was like this. I I I saw them as like kind of like a punk band playing with hardcore bands, and now I feel like it's just sounds like waves to me. Kind of like, kind of like single mothers. The they did the same thing. They did do the big cloud song. I'm big about the fucking people with CP because I have CP. Uh, mm-hmm. playing in bands and so like culture abuse was one of the first bands that i knew that like did that and we're like actually being like if you have a disability you can come to our shows and we'll like make sure you're taken care of and like isaac who's in barely civil he has cp that's how we became mm-hmm. friends and we love culture abuse i think like but i also like culture abuse because they're like keeping like the punk ethic alive like they print like these hand cut zines and like yeah, photocopy like I don't know I just like that a lot I think like that's a very cool thing to me like and I'm not usually a fan of that aesthetic but like they, they roll I'm sorry you don't like that record maybe you'll uh, come around to it but yeah. uh, what are some other bands Pronoun uh, she's been touring with like Oso Oso and like Basement so she yeah did. I saw them with Basement and I was really fucking impressed yeah, I, I saw her um, at South By 2017, so last year, and she covered Crazy by Nerls Barkley and, like, slowed it down. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, she's really talented. And then after the show, we talked about Motion State Soundtrack, and I think it's funny because she's touring with Justin Pierre in the fall. And he was in Motion City Soundtrack, which is one of my favorite bands. Also, shout out to Cheem. I guess we're going to get we're gonna be talking about them. But yeah. Sam sent me the song that's coming out tomorrow because I like begged him for it, them for it. <laughs> um, Cheem is like the best band. I think like they're just friends. Just friends was Vaporwave. That's like how I describe it to people. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Big fucking selling point. So that cool. that's it. I mean, like if you want to link to the 50 song playlist, um, you can. I can do that. But there's there's a lot there. I have a little bit here. I've listened to this record by the band Pool Kids. The record is called Music to Practice Safe Sex To. Uh, my boy Bobby hipped me to this, and he's like, dude, I was blown away by this. And I listened to it, and I was like, uh, yeah, this kind of fucked my day up. It was so good. Um, don't know much about this band. They're from Florida. album came out in July. It's a full-length, pretty memorable song title. So Pool Kids, Music to, music to Practice Safe Sex To check it out um this new alien boy record is fucking outstanding oh my um, god mm-hmm. i agree it's so hard yeah uh, uh emo emo adjacent shoegazy stuff uh moody 
but still they can hold the fucking songs down with crazy good hooks. Yeah, I I really hope this band catches on. I was uh, I was first introduced to them by Aaron Parker from Ketamine Cat. They hit me to them, and then Shannon from Awake But Still In Bed. Uh, the first time I saw them, uh, she was like, you really got to check out this band, Alien Boy. They're really great. And I was like, oh, shit, I know them. Um, so I'm really glad to see that this new fucking album is getting hype. Like, it really deserves yeah. it. They're really a band. Awake But Still In Bed, too. Like, Shannon, uh, she used to be in this band, like, Junior Adelberg, Adelberg. Um, and she was like, yeah, we were playing all these showcases, and I, that band is fucking cool, too. It's not active anymore, obviously. So every time Absib plays here, I try to catch Shannon because she's, just, like, super nice. And uh, used to live in Philly, so we have that. Uh, listen to Chinese football. There's nothing new, but I've been feeling really fucking overwhelmed and stressed, and that album just kind of grounds me. So shout out to Chinese football. Oh, it's Art. good. And then Granddad, they have a new record, uh, Quitter, which is outstanding, uh, Minneapolis band. They were from Alaska, and then they moved to Minneapolis, so they went from cold-ass place to cold-ass place. But new record is hot, so check it out. How do you feel about Granddaddy? It's, I, feel like the, I feel like Granddaddy's demo is like 10 years older than me. So. Well, yeah, they have that song Am 180. Uh, um, yeah, fucking that what zombie movie 20, 28 days later yeah yeah get yeah. this so in the seventh grade i had this really fucking cool choir teacher and she made us sing that song <laughs> what which like makes no sense and like i'm like wondering why i'm so fucked up and i'm like oh this is why um was, were, were, were you like singing the actual like singing parts or yeah, you so like, like dun 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 dun, 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 dun. no no that would have been cool um, that would have been tight yeah we also sang elliot smith which is fucked. Um, yeah. I love Elliot Smith, though. Elliot Smith, we sang The White Stripes, which makes sense. Um, we lived in Michigan, and they also are from there. Uh, yeah, she was cool. And then we're Facebook friends now, and she's always like, you're always fun to like keep in touch with. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Um, <laughs> Ellie, what have you been listening right. to? Really glad y'all talked about the emo, so I can uh, <laughs> diverge Bring here. Bring the hardcore. Uh, bring the hardcore. Actually, the first one, I, the first record I want to talk about is uh, been got really back into uh, Little Ugly Mane, uh, Mr. Thug Isolation. Yeah. That record. I think that that record is going to go down as like one of, if not the most influential hip hop records of the 2010s. You can you can trace so much of what's going on today directly back to what Little Ugly Mane was doing there. Uh, super super forward thinking, super excellent stuff. Um, also, now, it's so fucking cool that every show that he's been playing, he has hardcore bands opening. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's like that's like a thing now. Like Vane going on mm-hmm. tour with a uh, Ghost Mane happening yeah. right now. Um, lot lots of lots of that stuff going on, which is like indicative of like this whole crossover culture phenomenon where like hardcore and hip hop and skateboarding and graffiti is all like coalescing into one culture, which I think is yep. sick because I've always been into all of that stuff. Um, so, uh, listen to Cersei, uh, Dangers, um, which were like some of my OG favorites back when I was like first getting, well, specifically Dangers, I guess. Like, they totally got me into modern hardcore back in like 2006. Um, some really good, like, graffiti font hardcore, like, uh, No Option, Three Knee Deep, Fence Cutter, this band Magnitude, who are kind of youth crewy, um, but like oh, yeah. in, a not, in a non cringy way, you know? 
a lot of I've been I made like a specific effort to listen to a lot of female fronted hardcore um, because I feel like a lot of the modern hardcore I'm into has a lot of representation from people of color but not enough representation from non-men so uh, really into no right uh, really into God program uh, mortality rate this uh, this band dying wish who are like early 2000s like Melodeth hardcore warship and then I guess like the new candy song which I think is really good. Good to feel. Candy is yeah. fucking yes. sick. Candy so goes hard. Good. That, that records might be like the hardcore album of the year when it drops. Until uh, a day to the... remember drops a record. <laughs> then forget about it, my friend. That first Suicidal Tendencies album, which I first listened to when I was nine years old, and it totally got me into hardcore and skateboarding and graffiti and all that shit I was talking about earlier, like almost single-handedly. Like that is a super top five important record to me. And then, okay, so this last part is kind of like multifaceted. All right, so I just saw Sea Space Cowboy play in a garage with Vatican uh, and this other band, Nap and Stab. Uh, and I was telling Kyle about Nap and Stab, but this band is fucking wild. Like, I just got like a gig writing for No Echo, and my first article I want to be like an interview with Nap and Stab because this band is super insane. Like, the singer wears like these huge baggy Jinkos and a wallet chain with like a super tight ferret records shirt. And like 2001 James from 18 Visions haircut and like does like front flips and like flails on the floor. Um, and the band does like crazy shit. Like they cut themselves and light themselves on fire when they play. Like super crazy band. But I met this kid. Oh, so they're like chill. Yeah. <laughs> super <laughs> laid back band. Um, and I met this kid there who was also uh, a Vegas hardcore kid. Um, and I hope he doesn't listen to this because I think he's super duper annoying. He uh, was in this band from Vegas called Purity, who actually are, like, really fucking good, like, unfortunately. Uh, but they they sound like 2001 Era 18 Visions Warship. They have an EP called Failure and Four Broken Frames. It's really good, like, super crushing breakdowns mixed with, like, the yearning clean vocals. Uh, also kind of influenced by Vision of Disorder. I'm getting a little bit of that. And, yeah, I think that's everything. Cool. We're going to take a song break before we get into some news. James, do you want to tee up the song for us? Yeah, so um, in high school, uh, Herman Cain did, like, the fucking Herman Cain concession speech on The Daily Show, and I can't believe this band fucking sampled that because it's, like, the funniest thing that I've ever seen. And when I heard this, also the song title is perfect, when I heard this song, I was just like, God damn it. Who, like, hacked into my brain, no pun intended, <laughs> and, like, like, found this? What the fuck? Like, sometimes I feel like I'm being watched, and, like, people are just stealing my ideas. I'm watching you, Origami Angel. This song's called Rom Hack. Um, Chatterbot Records is, like, my label crush right now. Um, they put out some consistently banging shit. Um, basically the the baby labels counterintuitive and I I love Alex I think they're really sweet so Rom Hack let it rip son well, I believe these words came from the Pokemon movie
some news not a ton but uh we'll start off with grad life lp2 finally dropped after being teased forever um so this was a bit of a surprise release basically we got we got notified like a day or two before it dropped um and then it turned out that it is going to be released by halloween records and open door records which is pretty sweet because those are both pretty smallish labels um and grad life is i feel like is one of the bigger bands within the scene right now so i didn't know that grad life was a real <laughs> band i thought they were kind of like a meme but that's just their twitter account i i like it i did not expect it to sound like the black parade um which is like the main thing that people are saying so i like yeah, I went into it being like no fucking way um but it, it did kind of sound like it Claudio is the one who told me it sounded like the Black Parade, but like everyone who's talked to me about the record has been hyping it like crazy. I think it's. A ah, I like record. it. I like it I more than sick. the first one by by a pretty decent amount. I'm not actually a big fan of the first Grad Life record. I think this one's like a little bit better, uh, a little bit more like consistent and also adventurous songwriting. But like I understand being ah about it because that vocal approach definitely like 20 minutes into the record, I was already feeling like fatigued from the vocals. I felt that. But I, f- I feel like I got distracted from it enough because I was just like, these songs are batshit and are like, everything is shooting for the moon. Everything's an anthem. Yeah, what's that one? White Flag? Harry, a white flag. That sounds really, really good. That was the most uh, Black Parade uh, evocative song on the album for me. Yeah, I mean, like, the other thing that I really like is that I was with Barely March on Sunday. We went bowling. 
And Chris was like, yeah, I didn't know that Halloween was releasing this. Um, so that's fucking cool. Cause I, we, uh, did the barely March, barely civil split, which was yeah. an idea I had while I was, uh, you know, poking smot. And yeah, I mean, like I was literally like, haha, this would be funny. And then I emailed Chris and he was like, yo, yes. Um, but we went bowling and he was like, yeah, this is sick. We're label mates now. So good for Halloween. Kevin and the telecom boys are like really, really good at merch. Um, they have like baseball hats already. I need to get mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is new me without you stuff. Um, when I was typing that out, I was like, I don't think we've mentioned me without you once on this podcast, which is a little bit surprising, but uh, I don't think that's true. I think Hobo Sapien has talked about them. I think Dan- okay, so, Daniel. So maybe not for 14 episodes have we mentioned oh, okay. me without you. They are doing a thing on Run for Cover. There is an untitled EP that is out right now. They're following that up immediately uh, this month, maybe next month, uh, with an untitled LP. So yeah, there's a new song from the LP. There's two songs from the LP out now. Solid stuff. This band is fucking... So, I put it down here, and I wanted to kick it to you guys. Is Me Without You the biggest they've ever been? Because that's kind of crazy to think about. How, like, they've been a band for for fucking ever. um, And they put out that LP on Run For Cover, like, a few years ago. And it feels like they were just like brand new again uh so yeah i don't know am i wrong to think that they're that they might be the biggest that they've ever been like 15 years into their career i think they just have a new audience yeah because i still hear tons of people like waxing nostalgic about a to b life or like like, catches for the foxes yeah yeah there are some Um, serious old old heads that rep this band well it's like kids kids like kids who grew up with law dispute um probably yeah. this band because like a lot of dispute basically took what me without you did and then rump for cover being part of that scene probably invigorated a lot of people and like they were on tours with like the menzingers and say anything mm-hmm. so like they have all the kids there and like their music video for uh what's it called a new head for hydra like yeah so good <laughs> um it's like full house styled yeah and like the the captions which have the lyrics like it's so smart um yeah that was spot fucking on great analysis yeah genuinely yeah no you nailed it i think run for cover like really really like grew as a label when they signed me without you that was like a legacy act and like before that they had never done that um Mm -hmm. i think uh i think everyone is missing the one aspect which is uh paramore giving up-and-comer aaron weiss a uh a guest spot (laughs) (laughs) both you two are you are you both down with me without you do you have like a favorite record or anything i have seen me without you once sorry i keep doing that um (laughs) i saw me without you open for say anything and they opened their set by saying 15 years ago we played this venue we opened for papa roach (laughs) <laughs> they were not kind to us not Papa Roach like Papa Roach fans and I was like you've been a band for that long um yeah. I, I like really like them they're Philly boys so like they're big here um I, I like don't have a favorite record though but like the I, I'm gonna go back and listen to 
like AB Life and like Catches for the Foxes, and then Pale Horses, obviously. I think Pale Horses actually is my favorite record because I remember like really like being in love with that one when it came out. But I do genuinely enjoy all of their stuff. But I mm-hmm. I also must say that I quite enjoy Last Resort by Papa Roach. That song fucks. <laughs> that song that song is literally an 18 Visions ripoff. How much more how much more am I allowed to talk about 18 Visions in this episode, Kyle? Uh, have I, have I, I met my quota? <laughs> Let's just make it a meme. Keep on doing it. Okay. <laughs> um, how about another Philly band? Modern Baseball. They uh-huh. played uh, a- Apple Cider. I don't mind. That's the name of the song, right, James? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was played as bumper music in an un- in an NFL game. Or, I mean, a live broadcast. Um, that's... Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like that happened during the super bowl too i mean like nfl has been playing like real friends and uh like uh transit and neck deep they've been playing bands like that for like a hot minute so i guess mobo was the next logical step kind of cementing that that thing that i think mobo was like i kind of feel like mobo now is kind of what like jimmy world and yellow card were like kind of like introduction of frat boys introduction to like indie rock yeah i mean like if like ea sports still did like um like emo jason soundtracks like yeah like my favorite video game of all time is burnout 3 and i think like that is me like sick burnout 3 like for those that don't know what this is first of all what the fuck's wrong with you second of all it's a game for the ps2 where you're dry it's a racing game but like you get rewarded for crashing into other cars while you're racing um and the soundtrack is like motion city soundtrack midtown my chemical romance fall boy so formative and i think like if burnout 3 had a sequel take down 2 uh <laughs> you uh would have like mobo you would have um like real friends neck deep pop is a good one I actually made like an alternate Burnout Three soundtrack. It had like Save Face on it, and um, <laughs> that makes total like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why like, does Why does Midtown not get any love these days? Like all those other bands you mentioned, like their old records get love, but not Midtown. I think Midtown like got eclipsed by Cobra Starship. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say that, but like Midtown is like objectively much better than Cobra Starship. It's not really um, the same thing though. Like. It would be like saying um, from first to last is the same as Skrillex. Like, they played a different strengths and different crowds. Like, Cobra Starship, I think, it just, like, is a normie band. Um, uh, I think the first Cobra Starship album is still, like, kind of in the same vein as Midtown. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. But, like, definitely after that, they became, like, total normie band. I think by the time Snakes on a Plane had them yep. on the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But fucking Cobra Starship Forever, I like I don't know how we feel about William Beckett. I like saw that he was sus and then it stopped. So like I'm still gonna mention this, but William Beckett like played my college and so we got subs and I was talking to him and he was like <laughs> I think this conversation is really cool. I'm texting Gabe Supporta about you right now. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> like, 
he doesn't care. He's probably like at home counting his money. Like, leave him alone. Ever noticed that uh, the cover of that Academy Is record is like the exact same as the cover of that Have Heart record? Oh, like uh, yeah, almost yeah. here. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah, it is. You're right. Maybe yeah. they're the same band. Also, in in that van, like Head Automatica, I fucking love Head Automatica. Or at least Isn't that like Last Jaws? Like, yeah, yeah. Daryl Palumbo's yeah. That project. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. Or at band. least the the first one, Decadence. That band, that like that record's fucking so good. It's yeah. You mean Decadence? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback uh, so, from the pre-record. Back on the modern baseball thing, is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything problematic about them? I mean, hopefully they're getting paid. No. I mean, like, no. I want more people to remember the band. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like, I wrote a fucking column called Redone, and I was going to write a book called Redone. Like, it, Mobo is, like, really important to me, and, like, I want their legacy to exist i don't like i don't want them to come back like i i think there was a time and place and like they passed the buck but i'm glad that like that happened um i was glad when fucking transit uh played during the super bowl once because i'm a pop punk trash idiot (laughs) so like i sync money's great Snail Mail was in a movie recently, and I'm pretty sure Lindsay got paid a million dollars. That's an exaggerated figure, but like sink money, there's money in that. NFL makes like so much money on the backs of horrible owners and bad Yo, decisions. But yeah. but but run the jewels were like, hey, can we play? Or I mean, they got approached about having a song played during during the Super Bowl, and run the, and Killer Mike was like, yo fuck that first of all you said that you're not going to pay us and second of all you're racist yeah i don't i don't know i mean like so i'm just that's why i'm saying i'm hoping they're getting paid for that me too that's it's just a really cool thing when you see something that is kind of in a smaller bubble blow up like that on something like on a really a national international stage um yeah i remember when mobo played Lollapalooza for the first time and someone in college texted me and said that's a real band I thought you made it up I was like (laughs) yeah I wore their sweatshirt every day for two years I made that band up like no (laughs) come on uh yeah college was fun with that yeah uh go go that that was that was cool uh next thing Cheem they have what they're calling a mixtape coming out at the top of November. There's a song that's coming out tomorrow. Um, it's called. It's being called a mixtape, and it's called Cheem.TV. James, you're excited about this band. You've heard the song. Is it the next big thing? I want it to be. I think Cheem is a really cool aesthetic too. Like it's a video, and um, it's it's kind of like a mix between like VHS head culture and like vaporwave and. Uh, I think Sam and the rest of the band are really talented by themselves. So, like, together they just make, like, basically pop music. Um, yeah, so I wanted to bring this up here. This is what we do on this podcast. Um, I I don't think Cheem's an emo band. No, they're not. They don't want to be an emo band. I think, like, yeah. they get lumped into it. They just tore with Animal Flag. But, like, um, no. I, I think, like, they want to be a pop band. 
and yeah. they just like their circle is still because they they went to college at uhart which like birthed you know uh jelani say and uh well sorority noise but um <laughs> like i i feel dirty you ever like say something and you're like damn like i need a shower that that was one of them um yeah. but yeah so like that was like a music school that's like kind of like drexel and like philly and how yeah all these bands came through but like cheem like is leaps and bounds totally different and uh i encourage everyone to go back and listen to their record downhill too it's just like so many different soundscapes and the lyrics are really good um there's a song game boy color that fucks me up every time i hear it and uh shine sprite which is their new-ish song it's not this one the new song the new new song is called flex reflex but uh shine sprite first of all great song title second of all uh just so groovy the bass tone on that like kicks you in the fucking face um and all their songs are like just like super fucking like caffeinated and fast and it's just fun as fuck yeah they're a fun band like fun is underrated i think in our scene (laughs) we're like everyone like wants catharsis but like fun is catharsis um yeah like just friends like is gonna bring fun back i think do you know if anyone's like putting this out Uh, i don't know wealth records put out downhill yeah but i don't know anything about uh their plan i i like literally after i heard the song i facebook questioned sam and was like how do i make you famous which means nothing because i have no power but they were like i really want to be famous so (laughs) like they could sign to like like an actual label like one with like distribution i'm thinking like (laughs) if they were on fearless that would like honestly (laughs) like if, if fearless took a risk and they were like we're gonna sign this like really groovy like pop band i mean like they could package it on a tour with like that band super whatever i, I don't know i think fearless and hopeless like have really interesting like smaller bands and like cheem could be one um or like equal vision equal vision yeah. with jared alonji shot okay so jared alonji uh i got mad at him for something probably oh uh, do you also have beef with jared alonji because jared alonji has like personal beef with me he um got mad at me because i tweeted he like said something like fucking like offensive and i got mad and then he screenshotted all his mentions and said everyone has a lowercase display name except for the one verified guy which was me and i, I don't know i mean like he he just like isn't funny um and like what, what is he doing right now right now he's probably just um making more bad videos he's like the fucking like d-rate weird al if weird al had like a son that was born out of like four loco and uh, weird al is genuinely like a really funny person though no yeah, yeah. jared alonji is not that's yeah. why i said um, um, i'm sorry i missed that um yeah. <laughs> so i called a i called jared alonji a coward um why uh, there was discussion of like his big emo parody album, the Canadian softball album. Uh, I got posted to the sub, and I kind of mentioned how Jared Alonji like deliberately plays centrist uh, with his political opinions in order to not lose the uh, the broad uh, moderate YouTube audience. Um, and I said, which is cowardly, but you know I can't blame him for wanting to make that money. 
And Jared Alonji was like, he replied to me and said, thank you for the feedback. I will try to be more brave with my opinions in the future. And then DM'd me and was like, hey, I want you to know I'm not actually mad about this. Um, you know, this totally uh, rolled off my back, whatever. And then subtweeted about me and was like, people people who uh, think, I, think I'm cowardly or whatever, go fuck yourselves, blah, blah, blah. Like went on like a five tweet rant and then uh, like ended it with like that screenshot of the kid from School of Rock saying you're tacky and I hate you. Uh, Oh my god! Which is, which is like ten times more cowardly than what I even initially accused him of. Did you of. um, did you hear about my Ronnie Radke beef? So, oh, I have Ronnie Radke beef too. Not personal beef. Just what did, uh, he, what did he, beef. he tweeted something about like people like Warped Tour did something dumb, obviously, and then Ronnie Radke tweeted something that was like racist, and so I called him on it. And I said, is this a situation where you're irrelevant now? Which is like a song. And he, <laughs> he found it and was like, oh, quick, another nerdy YouTuber, quick, uh, sees his computer before he can wipe all the child porn off it. Like, I guess, <laughs> like, I guess in this timeline, there's like a YouTuber that got caught with child porn. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, is and, it that Brian Stars kid? Or, like, one of those senior YouTubers? Uh, something like I don't that. know. But, fuck. Uh, uh, Ronnie Radke's just mad that he can't play the fucking Fleshlight stage at Warped Tour anymore. Well, he's <laughs> literally going to be roasted. Like, he is oh, yeah, I did national see tour. Yeah, so, like, I might Sick. go to that and be like, hey, do you remember when you were, like, a fucking dick? Um, I don't I, think it's a public roast. I think it's, like like a traveling version of like those comedy central roasts yeah and he's got like excerpts of his book like oh jesus christ he has thoughts is the, is, is the book titled how to how to fuck 13 year olds because oh, he did that he did that a lot he did that I mean, a lot he went to Vegas. prison for being accessory abusive. to murder yeah uh not abusive my bad that's even worse yeah it was accessory to murder um, and then the whole mic stand thing. Yeah, whatever. We don't need any more time with that fucker. Yeah. No. Moving on. Okay. So let's talk about this Max Bemis thing. So oh my Max Bemis. Fucking God. It's a GoFundMe or is it a Kickstarter? It, it's it's Kickstarter. a Kickstarter. Um, him and his wife are asking for $85,000 for a couple reasons. Uh, they want to fund a new perma record, which is, yeah, Sadie. What's her name? Uh, his wife? Sherry. 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 Sherry from Isley. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry from Isley. And then Max, uh, that, that's their collaborative project. So they want money for that. Uh, they claim they're making music f- with their, with their children too. Um, and then there's something about them selling their house. Um, so it's like fund our life and our, our musical endeavors uh we need eighty five thousand dollars um kyle is that an accurate what if you th- if you thought i was mad about jerome's dream okay yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that was go so off. bad go off go off oh, jesus fucking christ like the sheer audacity of <laughs> this man like i am a i i love say anything i love 
Max Bemis's music. I love his lyrics. Um, I love the art that he has done throughout his life. Um, and I was like, I I thought like the the closing statement he wrote for Say Anything as a band was like really well written and moving. Um, and this just feels like a spit in the face. Like, so I'm breaking up. You know, the band that brings in me, like that brings in most of my revenue. And because of that, I want all of my fans to fund my personal fucking recording studio so I can make children's music. Like, he basically wants to make, like, fucking Two Tongues Meets the Wiggles is what I'm gathering. Um, (laughs) So in the statement, it says we're asking for a similar amount of money that a record label would have given us. That's not fucking true at all. That is complete fucking bullshit. Well, okay. Hold on. So $85,000, they're trying to record four albums. So divide that. That's like 20,000. And like Max Bemis used to be on a major label, which a lot of people forget. Um, And like Equal Vision probably funded like Anarchy My Dear off the butt. Like I... I okay. get why this is happening. I just like the the rewards make no sense. Like, listen, eighty five thousand. Okay, so a band that I am friends with, which will go unnamed, got um, a offer from Pure Noise to fund a music video, and the high end for their budget would be three thousand dollars. Like, compared. To, Compare that to the fucking eighty-five k that Max Bemis is asking for here. I I'm going I'm going to just give it like a rough comparison to Equal Vision because like I don't I honestly don't think major labels are giving people that much more money. Um, but like even like a huge album rollout from a label like Eighteen Vision can't be more than the fifteen k that Jerome's Dream is asking for. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, they come from a different time, though. I think, like, yeah, yeah, expectations for what labels can and can't do have like largely changed. Um, but that's that's not. I don't think that that's necessarily accurate to say anything. And Max Bemis, on his own solo ventures, have remained active in in the past couple of years on both major and independent record labels. So he knows the score. He knows what's happening with with modern music and, and budgetary constraints. And he and he's so also charging people to write them songs. And this is what <laughs> bothers me is that the song shop, you weren't supposed to like re-release those songs. So like he has a, um, a reward that he's going to take like songs he wrote for people as like personal music and like re-release them on a double lp that's like i don't like yeah. that that also, like, the whole purpose yeah exactly <laughs> there's like another reward where he'll like they'll plan your wedding or something um yep. and like exploit their children to be flower children like stop it like that's so creepy like i wouldn't like i love saying anything like the Mobo genome owes a lot to say anything, and like that's cool. Also, like, is a real boy? Come on, but yeah, that's fucking weird. They also want to sell their house to a fan, which 
I, there's probably some fan that would buy it, which, like, good for you. But I, there's, like, so many weird quirks. Also, isn't there a record coming out? Like, a Say Anything record? Did we yep. lose that? Yeah, yeah. The Oliver, Oliver Appropriate. That's still coming out. So, like, what? Like, there's a single, Days or something. But, like, why can't that be promoted at all? Um, this kind of like stole the fire from it. It's fine. Like, say anything's not touring, so I get why like the the focus has been off. But like, it seems very strange to me. Uh, it seems so. It, it's it's fucking desperate. Yeah, it's gross. It feels icky. But okay, so as of now, I think they're at like fifty k. Oh, but if they don't reach eighty five k, then it all gets but refunded. Who? Who are who are these nine hundred and fourteen backers? Like, are people really that like ride or die for Isley and say anything? Probably just say anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, I th- I, th- I think Isley's really good. Isley is good. I mean, like if you look at the people who bought, um, like what rewards they bought, like the guitar one, which is like fucked up. Um, but if you have money, I. I guess do that but like Kickstarter is supposed to work right where if you like buy a certain reward you're supposed to get all the rewards under it yeah so like Mm -hmm. they're not doing that I guess I hope they also give out like the Jerome's Dream tote bags with the guitars (laughs) 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 I want I want Jerome's Dream to donate to this campaign and like broadcast live their Skype call with Max Bemis (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm gonna miss saying anything a lot. Um, I I just like think this isn't the way to do it. Um, the like, saying it, chief. Well, I just like it. Uh, like I get it. You want to like provide for your family, and like that's a noble goal. But like the saying it, chief. I I don't know. I don't have a family. I have a family, just not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was born out of the internet. <laughs> Thanks, Jack from Twitter. Um, uh, Alex Bigman literally gave birth to me from the CMH Whack logo. <laughs> uh, I just shuddered. My my DNA was cobbled together from fucking emo is dead and v- old Viva La Vinyl threads. Jesus. <laughs> I just aged in 900 years. Last news topic, which is hardly news, but it's something. So the internet really had a problem with the basis of Code Orange breaking his bass on stage. The reactions are like, wow, you're so cool. Wow, you're so macho. Wow, that was an expensive thing. You could have just given it away. Um, I mean, this this uh-huh. probably happens nightly at a fucking Shine Down concert, but because it's <laughs> orange, it's different. From the basement to the Grammys. <laughs> I mean, I y'all, okay. First of all, like my reaction is there's a minion gift that looks exactly like this, and I, I think it's sick. Like I get it, but like Code Orange is like corny as fuck, and we should pay attention to literally anything else. Um, because they're not fun and like they say basically we're not fun so you're you're not gonna win also like adventures is way better than code orange and they would never <laughs> do this and 
they sh- make infinity more records you know um it's just like yeah you can have that discourse but like they're not going to listen to you like I they're acknowledge, not i acknowledge that all of what you were saying is true but i also immediately entered that little like code breaking contest that they did uh to like get like the the hard drive with like the the file on it that was like a it's like a 10 minute video <laughs> I mean, like, I have, like, I Am King on vinyl. Like, I, I yeah. like Code Orange and, like, the split, the four-way split, um, like, the Tiger Shaw one. Oh, great. yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, Love is Love, right? That's good, too. But I like over bands that, like, and this is not, like, really prevalent in our scene, but bands that, like, have, like, this curated, like, publicity narrative about them, and they're just, like, not natural um i think we're past that mystique i think like it's really dumb especially we live on the internet now like walls should come down like if you want people to not treat bands as if they're not people like don't fucking do this because like it makes me feel that bands just want to be like mysterious and like then they do something as routine as breaking a guitar and then people are like uh what like i don't know i think it would, i think i don't think it would be like half as egregious if they didn't fucking dress like the matrix cosplayers <laughs> if, if they didn't look like the kids who play fucking dance dance revolution outside the hot topic in 2003 you know there's a dance dance revolution matt outside hot topic where are you going to the mall i said in 2003 that's still sick. I've never seen one like that. So this is gonna sound super head ass, but like, I feel like them breaking their their guitars on stage is like, it's like not for us. It's for like what they're trying to be, which is like Monster oh, yeah. Mayhem's next yeah, headliner. You know, they want to go on tour with Lamb of God. They want to go on tour with yeah. fucking yeah. Hinder. So whatever. I did remember. <laughs> Um, so they like pissed off the kids that saw them in, in the basement and on their first four tours, but they're thinking that they're looking badass to fucking, I don't know, fuck, Lamb of God, like you said, you know? When Converge and Deftones go on tour, Code Orange are like trying to be the openers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. But, they... So like, does it, does it matter that, that like we're pissed off about it? No, no, no one gives a shit about our yeah. opinion because... They are fucking doing shit for WWE now. Yeah. <laughs> Never and... forget they used to be a ska band. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you ever want to like feel better about Code Orange being wacky, and be like, they used to be a ska band, and they used to be yeah. called Code Orange Kids. Like, yeah. their Twitter handle is still that, so like, it follows. And we should also mention their follow up to this reaction was them making a T-shirt about it. So. That's they win. They that, win because it was a limited item. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually down with that. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe they do have a sense of humor and we're all just misreading their genius uh, marketing. Have you ever seen the run for cover small talk with the bassist? Yes. I've he seen him lie to. I love him. Yeah. Bring him back. Uh, well, hey, where where are you? Oh my god, that was didn't that, didn't Anthony Fantano just say that shit in a video? <laughs> I don't give that dude attention. 
you like brought literally up like, like the last eight nostalgic about Tuesday with Tay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know uh, Anthony Fontana liked good things. So, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. He um, still has that invite to come on the podcast, and, and he's also rejected an invite to, to go on Washed Up Emo. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so should we get into some some of the topics here? Yeah. Can we skip yeah. the first one? I don't. I don't know if that's good anymore. Um, Why? Why? All right, let's talk about it. I'll be brief. So, launch it. You want me to read your topic to you? Okay, I'll I'll talk about it. So. <laughs> all right. So. As I said previously, I was a huge fan of modern baseball and I moved to Philly because like it seemed like very mystical like all these bands were like making incredible music um and this was like when I was in college and I I went to college in Charlottesville Virginia which is like where the Dave Matthews band is from um so like we had a music scene but it wasn't like house shows weren't a thing and like I discovered sports and was like what the fuck um but then because of that we like built a house show scene in Charlottesville and like tried to bring Philly to uh, Virginia. And then I like wanted to move here. So I did. Um, but I think like, because I'm old now and because I have like an actual job, uh, I've been lacking inspiration lately. Um, and it doesn't have a lot to do with MOBO breaking up, but it did contribute to it. So, my question for the table here we're sitting around a table there's a giant e on it how, how do you stay fresh and inspired especially like as a scene i think like every five years of the scene resets i think five years ago we were talking about what, what's five years ago now 2013 people like pop punk and tiger jaw and uh, had a red basement hoodie and liked um girls with blue hair and I still do. Is that just um, me? But like, <laughs> I don't know. I like, and now in 2018, we were kind of like back. Um, like Mom Jeans as a band would be modern baseball if modern baseball didn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. Which is like fine. Um, we'll get into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So how do y'all kind of like remain, you know, still stoked? Because I, I like have some so, ways to do it, but I, I'm curious. So I've been thinking about that and what you wrote because you sent it like a few few days ago. And the thing that immediately jumped into my mind is, I don't mean this with any harm, but like you, you, you've seemed to really romanticize modern baseball and where they came from. And I feel like, that is what a lot of people do is they like romanticize this certain period where it's like oh do you do you, do you remember when we were driving around listen to hotel year on the way to seeing modern baseball and stuff like that i think that was like a funny tweet that once happened but like oh yeah that that kyle thrash tweeted that so the tweet was because like i was like fuck um <laughs> it was like it's 2014 you're driving to the MOBO gigs with your friends. Um, Home Like No Places There is on the office. Yeah. No one yeah. knows what Tide Pods taste like. Trump is a president. Life is good. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, 2014 was a good year because Tiny Engines was fucking unstoppable. Um, yeah. 
Somos Hotelier. That might have been it. But they were so good. Um, just like nonstop. And I think like I did romanticize it. You're right. But that's like how my brain works. I was raised on yeah. John Green, y'all. Like, yeah, no. And like, <laughs> like y- you are a part of a generation that collectively did this. And not, and I'm not saying it's unhealthy, but I'm saying like that makes it hard to progress. And the thing with emo is like there, there's like kind of like a low ceiling. Like you can only do so much before it becomes just the disciple of what it was. Yeah, or, I mean, but, like I, I've been thinking about this a lot because there's always I like have this rule where I. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to be that person, you know, that's like, remember when things were better because they can always improve. Also, like I definitely put things on pedestals cause it's easy. Um, and like, that's just a character flaw, but also like Mobo gave me a lot of hope when I had nothing. And so like, that's why, but also like, I think like right now I'm just like, tired because i've like done everything um i like manage bands i like ran a record label i've like my feet have been like in every door and now i have blisters you know like i um but i'm like really stoked on like new labels that are coming out like chatterbot and counterintuitive really like passed the buck when near mint like had all these contemporaries that are now dead like funeral sounds and soft speak that was a big one that like broke my heart honestly mm-hmm. um and, and like you know it's time to move on like i'm cool with that like a really good example of this i, I mean this does feed into a different topic is that at south by <laughs> last year i was in a room of emo influencers quote unquote it was Oso, prince daddy and mom jeans and we were all smoking spot that's not how you say that fuck it whatever and i said yo remember when you had the mobo's cover ep where you like ripped off mobo a thing that they deleted off the internet and i like brought Mm -hmm. it up and Mm -hmm. like they were fucking embarrassed and i like apologized the next day but it like i carried it with me that guilt and so like i literally tweeted about it today knowing that i would be on this podcast because i was like Avery, um, Avery Springer, who I've known literally forever, um, she was like, it's not cool to, like, not like bands. And, like, that's something that I'm trying to, like, not be a dick about. Um, And so I was like, you know what? Like, I'm at peace with this now because, like, it doesn't matter. Um, And Mom Jeans is killing it. Like, you may not like them, and, like, weed is definitely not a personality trait, but, like, you know, like, they're putting together diverse bills and they're like talking about like ear safety and like making sure that people are heard. And that's fucking cool because like, that's what you want. That's like what we need is like accessibility to every viewpoint possible. So we don't like have our heads in the sand and have an echo chamber where the same bands tour with each other, cough, cough, story so far, cough, cough, turnover, citizen movements. It's just like, things change the guard changes otherwise you're gonna see i don't know fucking taking back sunday every year toward the same venues and play the same songs and never evolve like 
Growing Up is Sick. I recommend it to everyone. Um, that kind of went off the rails there, but you get my point. Like, I'm doing a lot of exercising. Exorcising? Yeah, that got deep, y'all. We get deep on this podcast. We do. genuinely do, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that followers of emo will be along for the ride, though? Yes. Do you think they're going to be like, nah, uh, you know, I think I've had enough of this. I'm getting well, sick of it. I'm, 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 I'm going to go get into hardcore or I'm going to go get into Nico case. Well, the cool thing about being a person <laughs> and like having, uh, you know, varied interests is that you can always take everything with you. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. like literally I tweet about a day to remember every day because like a day to remember is fucking sick. And like I liked them when I was in ninth grade when someone gave me homesick. I don't have to be cool and be like, fuck a day to remember because just because I like something different now. Like Spotify now lets you save seven thousand more songs on your phone. I can have fucking everything if I wanted. And like I'm going to. Like I I like having an eclectic music taste because it makes me not bored if i listened yeah like there was a period in my life where all i listened to were the same three bands and like that's not great because you're missing out on everything um there's a really good band that i absolutely love that i didn't mention earlier illuminati hotties um yeah. tiny engines okay. and i discovered that band because modern vinyl we do these roundtables where we discuss records and like that really reinvigorated my like discovery and like excavation of music and i think like you know i if something's not a cup of tea for me like i can always drink a different one you know like you don't have to do something you don't like and you don't need to tell anyone that it sucks if you don't like it but like having opinions are fine like i'm not saying that because like being a critic is like still a thing like i'm not saying death to music journalism at all Music journalism saved my brain for a while and let me uh, grow as a writer, which has always been important to me. But being a little more nuanced about it and not being like, oh, fuck this, you know, and Mm -hmm. being like, this has elements that I do not like, but I can see why people like it. That's kind of the vibe that I want to do from now on. And so. Jeff Rosenstock has a lyric the shit that you hate doesn't make you special and that's how a lot of people I think actually feel they they feel mighty because they hate nails they 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 feel mighty. he will never be one of us (laughs) (laughs) yeah just insert bands here you know I think like uh, it it's easy to like make fun of hardcore I mean like I make fun of hardcore Often. I make fun and, of hardcore constantly. It's my favorite genre. It saved my life. Like, I mean, like, hardcore is sick. Like, I can see why a lot of people don't like it. And, like, I don't like hardcore because I get, like, knocked down at shows. So I, like, and I'm not even in the pit, dude. Like, I, it's just, like, very aggressive and, like, my body cannot handle it. So, like, I stay away from it just because of that, but I can respect it. Like, one of my favorite people is like a hardcore fanatic and I've like always tried to listen to it because it's important to my friend you know and like I because like I don't know my dad's favorite band is fucking Matchbox 20 like 
I live in a very... My... Like... Hashbox 20 is also one of my favorite hardcore bands. Your, your dad is not alone. Coincidentally, <laughs> they do have a lot of breakdowns. So, it's fair. <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah. Like, Dad Rock is sick. And a lot of people make fun of, like, Nickelback because, like, they're the easy target. But, like, Nickelback never promised to be anything but a stupid rock band. And if you, like, expected them to be anything different, you're just dumb. You know you bumped Photograph in the grade. Like, relax. I, de I don't think I bumped Photograph, but I did bump that video that was like, look at this graph. I would, like, play that on repeat <laughs> constantly. Yeah. That's a good one. I, like, I still have access to all the music I downloaded on iTunes and like there are some like cringy choices but like I wouldn't regret any of that like yeah all signs point to here dude like but I also have this thing you know how people like repress memories I forget nothing so like hmm. you could ask me what I was doing in 2008 today and I could probably tell you but that's just me being insane so I want to like bring what you're saying that Avery was like tweeting like in the context in the context of this podcast because I feel like I think people think because we are in our emo podcast that we are shitty people and we have spicy takes and all this stuff and I don't know Ellie do you have any worries about that I don't know thoughts of that I feel this is like something I've like I've like had a lot of thoughts about like my entire life because my i don't i don't pretend to not like have opinions about things um i also don't really like try and cater them to to people who really like whatever i dislike i feel like stuff like i can see why people like it or i'm not hating on you for liking it or in my opinion that should be implied by the fact that I'm talking about this stuff in like a music criticism context. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, this is just my opinion. Of course, it's like I don't look down on people for liking stuff that I dislike. I've I, like, how many times have I gone on record on this podcast to talk about how much I fucking love Attack Attack? You know, like mm -hmm. I have no room to talk. Oh about my fucking being terrible god! Lowbrow. What Attack Attack is my favorite hardcore band. <laughs> but like, Brooklyn Vegan has a sister website called, I believe it's called um, Annoying Oranges. No, it's not. That's something Invisible else. Invisible Oranges. Invisible Oranges. And they wrote a piece called Attack Attack is Outsider Music. And oh man, it's like that record is so interesting. And I could talk about it for eight hours. Did you ever read uh, Stuff You Will Hate? Oh yeah, the story so far, dude like wrote that i think uh no he he did a couple articles for it. i i wrote for stuff you will hate back in the day no way i was an admin yeah. of the defense pop punk group we uh have shared oh uh, so you know you know aaron ross uh uppercut all alt right dude now uh <laughs> what yeah uh That's i was i was at the time the like one of two or three leftists on on stuff you will hate on the writing staff um and everyone either became a leftist or like doubled down on being like a, a reactionary shithead anyway <laughs> I, remember, I remember like 
really liking stuff you will hate because they approached like stuff like attack attack and i set my friends on fire from the angle of both like these are fascinating in like a postmodern context because of like the things that they are doing that they are probably unaware that they are doing um but also like unironically this music is fucking dope i think it's awesome that like like kids like Beartooth and shit like i i love so much cringeworthy music that it seems uh silly to me that people think that like because i i shit on something i'm somehow positioning myself as superior because i i i just think it's it's funny to dunk on stuff too like it's 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 legitimately like when i see like someone make fun of a band i like in a way that's like funny and original i think it's great like i appreciate that yeah i mean like that also takes a lot of like you don't take it personally and like you understand that there are some things that are corny or like not exactly flawless about the things that you like and that's called maturity but um well i guess because i don't think of i don't think the music i like i like comprises my entire fucking identity so yeah (laughs) yeah that's also maturity um i mean like we've all done this where we've had a person that we care about in our lives and we steal the discography of the band that they say is their favorite and so we care about that because of that and like or we like like things because they were in a video game or like you know music comes to you when you need it and sometimes it is fucking corny like i set my friends on fire (coughs) that came out when i was in eighth grade crank that like that Calvary kids and then Smosh James, you're only you're only two years older than me I didn't know you were 21 uh, I just turned 22 it was just wow yeah I, uh, I turned 24 at the end of the month uh, I, I mean like sure. I I saw my friends up like I love that record I think it's <gasps> it, 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 it yeah. literally <laughs> is bad like but it's postmodern. It is like like if I if I had to point to an example of postmodernism in music, I think I set my friends on fire is like a perfect way of illustrating it, because their co- their cover of Crank That Soldier Boy is like a plus example of that. Uh, sorry, I got my tr- my train of thought got lost and I like forgot all my critical theory. I don't know. I'll return to that thought process later. No, I think that's a anyway. good. That's a good point. I think like all these bands that got critically derided and like all press, like they were onto something different. Um, drop, drop dead, gorgeous. Like that band's super duper interesting. Oh or, yeah. Or uh, fucking abandon all ships. That band's super interesting. Yeah, they but... had to change the name of that. They had a song called Pedestrian as another word for speed bump, and they changed the name because I guess Warped Tour like had them on the comp and like they didn't want that name i don't abandon all ships is good there was that band i'm like now eskimo cowboy oh my fucking wow are we the same person i like (laughs) i yeah you remember is anyone up oh yeah but that 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 got fucked up real quick Um, oh yeah yeah, fuck Hunter. Um. There, uh, I went to high school with this kid, Chris, who ended up being in a metalcore band called Alive and Standby. And yep, yep. Honestly, like I love that record. I mean, like another thing that people love to hate is Andrew WK, and like 
Andrew WK's postmodern. We were talking about this and yeah, uh, we, we talked about so. that. Yep. Yeah, and like Andrew WK is literally like commodifying happiness and like making it musical. Um, because like literally, I love New York City. Never mentions New York City at all. Like it's not a song about New York City except for the chorus, which is just the phrase "I love New York City." Oh yeah, New York City. Um, yeah. He also y'all know about how songs. like. Do you know the theory about how people think that one the music in industry created Andrew WK and two there's been multiple people playing him? That's bullshit. I mean, I totally, I totally, Both of those things are bullshit. I think. It's I think. I I think there's multiple people that have played him because if you look up pictures, it's fucking weird. Like it's not. No, listen. I watched Destroy Build Destroy. Okay, like <laughs> I, I I know what Andrew WK looks like. Yeah, don't but fuck with me. I don't know. Look it up if you want. I mean, like if, if I dare. I like I like the concept of like Andrew WK being a different person each time. Like it's like rotating. It's like in Scott Pilgrim where Lucas Lee is all those stuntmen. I, uh, <laughs> I it's just like Andrew WK is so interesting because yeah. after I get wet, he like made a million other albums that no one has heard, um, and then he came back as like a Twitter personality. But Chris Farron is basically just uh, Andrew WK and John Mulaney put together. Um, I saw that tweet. Yeah. Honestly, I have great tweets. I. <laughs> endorse my twitter account i i think i think my tweets are severely underrated both on the e-word account and my personal account the e-word account does have good tweets um (laughs) my tweet today about a great big pile of leaves because i've just said damn terribly um like it's not adam and eve it's a great big pile like no (laughs) not a great big pile of leaves um and then they saw it and said i don't know what this means but our band name is in it so i'm liking it (laughs) <laughs> that band is such a fall band um that yeah. and horse jumper of love like ultimate autumn bands what about a duster I think duster duster nice. yeah duster uh you just haven't heard them yet that's kind of what i feel like everyone that listens to duster can find something redeemable in that band and uh that and the so... weaker things too um, oh, do, oh, all right, all right. Let's okay. I was thinking today. I, actually, do the kids know about weaker thans? Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, do. they they do. Okay, I just wanted to check. Well, I mean, like, I think the weaker thans have lived on in other bands. Um, well, honestly, James, you will probably hate me, but the first time I heard Modern Baseball, I was like, they are just doing the weaker thans. No, if you listen to Slaughter Beach Dog, like. Jake loves the weaker things, and you can tell. There's a song on the first Slaughter Beach Dog record called um, Politics of Grooming, and it's basically a weaker than song. And Jake um, had me write the bio for that record, and I was like, This is basically just a weaker things record. And he's like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, like the Jake songs definitely sound like the weaker things, and like Left and Leaving, I. I heard that record for the first time the same summer I heard Modern Baseball, and I was like, oh, that's why I like these two records, because they sound like each other. Um, yeah. But I, don't, I, I think, like, what's cool about our emo is that, like, I'm in there today, and I see, like, 
all these intersecting like indie rock fans, not necessarily emo fans that are like, have you ever heard this band? Someone mentioned Brave Little Abacus. I haven't heard that band name in like 900 years. And really? people were like stoked on it. No, they're oh, super yeah. popular on the sub. Yeah. yeah. We talk yeah. about them on here like twice a week. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like what you would call a twice yearly practicing sub person where like I'll, mm-hmm. Because sometimes the sub just like is overwhelming. Not lately, but like oh for sure. Usually in times of controversy. Um, in times of controversy, the chuds come out. <laughs> like Scud, like the fucking Tony Hawk character that's like a fish man. No, well that like the name of the Tony Hawk character is a reference to the '80s movie. It's like a rip off of Gremlins. It's uh, Chud stands uh, uh, for uh, can- uh, cannibalistic cannibal. humanoid underground dweller. Got it. Um, and I I inspired by Chapo Trap House, I have started using uh, that phrase to describe like MAGA dipshits. Um, Cause I told, like I totally fucking see that crowd seep into our emo every time there's a fucking like sexual assault controversy, like all the, well, it's just a he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I literally no longer have like the emotional ability to engage with the subreddit when a fucking person gets accused of abuse anymore. Yeah. Um, but like I try to I try to be in it when I can. I think like there are some good positive conversations. Like someone I don't know their name or like what they're doing, but they posted a song in there today. It was called like I Shotgun to Yoohoo and Wet the Bed. And like <laughs> it was really good. Like it was maybe his first song that he had ever recorded or something, because he was recording it with a camera and like taking a video of it. And I don't know. I think like the community in our emo is positive when it can be. Um, It's ridiculous how many cool people I've met through that subreddit. Like how many people I look like become like legitimate tight friends with because of our emo. I mean, that that's been Twitter for me. I I think the internet, like, I mean, I grew up on Tumblr, like, (laughs) like I, I mean, like, after years of, like, cultivating, like, AIM screen names and, like, MySpace, I, like, made friends through playing Rock Band, um, <laughs> which is, like, interesting. And I'm so stoked that there's, like, a subculture of, like, DIY where we play Rock Band again because that game is so good. Um, and, like, Barely March doing the thinking emoji video, like... Holy shit. Like, again, I feel like people are inside my brain taking things that I love and just, like, making art with it, and it's so sick. Um, Like, the ROM hack thing, and, like, wow. I guess I don't... I guess I am inspired. Hey, hey, yeah. Came full circle. Love that. Since you just mentioned it, uh, what did you think about our conversation about Barely March? (sighs) Honestly... I don't know because okay. let's let's recap it for me. Okay, um, so I will say that I was very nervous to release that because I didn't want to be like accusing someone of ripping someone off. But the recap was we brought up Barely March in the context of um, inspiration versus ripping off. Barely March is clearly a Jeff Rosenstock bomb inspired person trying to make music that is in the vein of Jeff Rosenstock and bomb the music industry. 
I mean, okay, I'm like a Jeff Rosenstock fan, but I like didn't. I couldn't tell you what Bomb the Music Industry sounds like. Like, okay, I. I mean, I am a super fan of Bomb. And sure. And so like yeah. you have that vantage point. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, there's a Bomb the Music and not Bomb the Music Industry, but Jeff Rosenstock cover on the album, so you have that. Also, in the middle of the track listing, like, which I think is interesting. Um, but, like, I think what Chris is doing is novel enough um, to where I'm not being like, oh, this is, like, complete, you know, worship of this. Because, like, a lot of people say that about literally any other band. I think, like, a good example is, like, I don't know. Like, it goes back to my mom jeans example. Is like, I mean, like that EP was like ceiling. Like, literally, I'm over it. But like, that's what it was. And like, mm-hmm. that sucks. Like, that's the end of the spectrum. I think like there's there is a difference between inspiration and ripping off. I don't think Barely March is doing. I think if you're gonna. Um, call anyone for ripping anyone off you should like look to like ed sheeran or someone i think like the other example we 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 presented that grieving club band that was oh, the offensive club. no no, gr- no. Gr- gr- <laughs> no all right so 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 we brought up i brought up this band from kenosha wisconsin called grieving club who is an alex g ripoff but their 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 album art is also ripping off Jawbreaker, and there's a band called Grievance Club, and they're called Grieving Club. Grieving Club. So, Let me take a Google search real quick. I got no okay. nobody has heard of them. I was just past them because an Alex G ripoff band is every band that plays DIY shows in Philadelphia. They are not alone. Um, no, but like, I I don't know, guys. I think like this one is tough. Because, like, unless you're literally taking, like, chord patterns and melodies from bands. Okay, here's here's a good example. There's that band Super American. And they basically sound like the Gin Blossoms. Okay? So, like... They sound like Super Drag to me. The new record? I don't know. Whatever Joe sent me two years ago. Oh, no, no, no. There's, like, a... <laughs> um, yeah, basically that uh, could be considered a Jim Blossoms ripoff, um, and <laughs> I don't know. This is tough. I, I mean, know. like, I just have like such an extreme example that I'm like, everything other than that is fine. Um, well, the other thing that I brought up was like Weezer because every band is doing Weezer now. Like Roswell Kid, people say Weezer, and Weezer is just easy because Weezer was like the first band to sound like that. So you're going to like, yeah. Okay. That's not true. But like, it's like, the because Weezer were already doing pavement. That's what (laughs) I was thinking. And the Pixies. Yeah. Um, Okay. Here's a good example. So that band Seaway, it's not directly in our scene, but they had that song, Sabrina, the teenage bitch. And it like, yeah. Dynamite shovel. I believe the wonder your song. Um, They took the riff. And, like, everyone called them on it. And they were like, oh, we didn't know. It's like, okay, but, like... How do you, how do you as a pop-punk band... Yeah, that's... Those are things that are too close. 
yeah in in uh proximity yeah i don't know i'm i'm trying to look for like another okay save face okay love their record but like a lot of people are like that song bad when it came out just sounds like saves the day okay so like specifically that song anywhere with you um saves saves the face uh, <laughs> I, I made that joke uh, yeah. So oh shit! Is that, Damn it. is that inspiration or is it ripping off? Like, I'm not gonna hit up Tyler and be like, "Yo, um, did Chris Conley get royalties for that?" Because, like, first of all, that's a shitty thing to ask. Also, like, I don't know. Like, chord progressions are not necessarily copywritten, copyrighted. Um, look, I said this today too. Let people live. God has already robbed us of Skate Four. Um, I if I get skateboard I will chill out forever I will delete my Twitter account and we'll be fine don't hold me to that this is a really interesting topic but it's giving me so many like conflicting opinions because like it does it matter no I, I'm just saying I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things like if I've never heard bomb the music industry am I gonna like barely march less or more here's the thing Barely March is fucking sick, and that's and this is coming from a year one bomb fan. I'm I'm, I'm a Chris apologist, so <laughs> I'm him, like, he was a lot of fun to bowl with. Like we're like homies now. Um, yeah. Once we all go bowling, then I'll be apologist for you too. But um, I want to squeeze in one of my topics here. And this is kind of topical considering what happened on Twitter today with DIY Midwest. Holy shit. Earlier this week, I had a very enlightening conversation with Alana from Foxy Dads. Alana? Elena? Oh. Yeah, I feel like we can tie this into the the earlier tweet thread that we were supposed to talk about with the... Uh, All right, let's... The, the DIY as a, as a substitute for Christian like Christianity mentality yeah, so let me read the tweet because it was really really well worded um super hot take but wow diy is really anti-modern christianity while simultaneously loving the idea of absolute good and absolute evil and eternal punishment <laughs> and i quote tweeted and said like christianity it's fake and you can leave um i'm <laughs> I, was, I was like joking i was like i'm kind of like what you know, Christians call like twice yearly season ease, right? You go to church on Christmas and Easter and that's it. Um, so I go to two shows a year. <laughs> Not really, but like, you get my point. So, um, this I'm, I'm what I, Christians call a Jew. So, oh my God. <laughs> I love that. So, this person that I follow who like lives in France was like, you know, you kind of are excusing uh, abusers with this tweet and then basically the thread um unfolded i got involved because i was like foxy dads and i had a conversation about this yesterday and like alana was at work and i was like i'm at work but i sit at a desk all day so let me like roll up my sleeves and like try to steer this in a better direction because basically what i said is that if anyone takes that from that tweet and like tries to justify being an idiot and like an abuser and like a piece of shit candidly like it's not our fault yeah like, kind of like that uh that hot out of hot allostatic load article do you remember that i um, just remember the um the unfortunate song that came from it 
Well, uh, yeah, that's like just the latest in a long line of examples of like people people using that article to like excuse uh, the the abusive actions of people, especially uh, trans femme people. And as as a trans femme person, like I've long been of the opinion that we do not deserve like special treatment or lighter privileges on the subject of abuse. Um, but that that like yeah, the fail better heal faster thing was uh, probably like the shining example of that and like the biggest uh, introduction a lot of people have to that that article. But that article actually is bad, and this tweet is good, so that is the difference. I think uh, Alana kind of went in on one of the replies, if I if I recall correctly, and was like, "Let's talk about people who." were addicts or people who were going through a tough time mentally and ghosted people. Like there's a million examples of uh, things that people fucked up and can easily repent and recover from. That's what like reformative justice is all about. Um, yeah, like people take that word, um, that phrase restorative justice and they twist it to kind of nefarious ends where they're like, yeah. okay, we can, we can rehabilitate abusers. It's like, well, okay. Like, abusers, if they're, like, really trying to, like, repent, they should never return to the scene where they caused problems, um, right? Because, like, they, you know, as they should rehabilitate yeah, and away. And obviously, abuse is on a spectrum as well, you know? Yeah, like, there's a difference between being an asshole and being an abuser. And, like, a lot of people, like, okay... We are very emotionally charged here in DIY because DIY is a place where you can either have fun and like, you know, it, it, it is exciting and it is kind of like freeing at certain points, but like there are times when DIY is kind of like a make or break thing. You know, people yeah. put a lot of time and energy into something yeah. that is basically thankless and like emotions run high out here we're not mm -hmm. very nice like kind of kind of within this context of people twisting uh reformative and restorative justice to their own nefarious ends um i kind of also want to talk about how people have turned uh emotional labor from meaning uh having to perform emotions at your job to oh, uh, I don't like having to listen to my partner vent about their problems so they're emotionally abusing me. Okay, that... Uh, you shouldn't be in a relationship if that's, like... Exactly. A, a thread of logic. Um, I, that's what we told someone on this podcast, basically. Yeah, yeah. We, like, <laughs> gave some real tough love to that, to that poor guy. I wonder he if he still listens. us. I feel oh, bad. Oh, shit. He, he unfollowed, unfollowed us. You harassed a guest? Ah. No, no. <laughs> uh. Like, what really bothers me is like people say ghosting is abuse, and like it's not. Um, it's not in many ways. It's like avoiding abuse, because um, people like people ghost because they're terrified of the reaction that happens when you reject someone. Yeah, like, I literally, <laughs> I got a text today from Chris from Modern Violence. He was like, <laughs> you have more friends than anyone I know, so you don't need the bad ones. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a good point. Like, setting boundaries for yourself is awesome. Um, 
and like a lot of people that like don't feel like they need to explain when they leave a toxic situation like you're not you don't owe anyone an explanation for that you don't need a fucking exit interview every time you stop talking to someone um and like people just need to drink some water and like step back and like really think about what they're saying because like this thread got to the point where I had to be like, I'm fucking muting this because like, okay, I can't find some of my responses, but I was like, there was a point where I felt that this person was saying that Alana was basically writing like propaganda. And I was like, y'all like propaganda is what makes shitheads feel emboldened. Okay, and so like Alana's not doing this. Alana is literally throwing a hot take out there that people happen to agree with because they've seen lives ruined over saying something problematic when you're fucking 14. I've seen that happen to my friends, and like that sucks. Fredo, Fredo Disco. I don't. I don't know anything about that. Um, um, I just. I just know of Fredo Disco. This is tough, though. Because I don't, I don't like to invalidate other people's experiences. Because like you can take any situation, and it could be traumatic for someone else. But like overall, I think like there's a line between like actually being fucking awful and just like not being able to deal with something. Um, and like we need to learn that as a culture, or we're gonna ruin lives. Um, I mean, we were talking about this like kind of in depth in the the episode we did on on Cam when that yeah. shit went down. Like, how do we as a community define like when when someone has quote unquote recovered enough? Like, how do how do we define that rehabilitation? How do we come like come to an agreement on the terms of this and the process of this? And when someone is allowed back in, how do we decide who is in charge of this? You know, because it's, it's like. It seems so silly, and it seems like we're, like, playing play when we decide, yeah. like, what the limit is, because there's not one. I mean, it is, we are playing a play, because a, a lot of kids in DIY are exactly that, kids, and they're trying to force the things happening into a narrative. Yeah. And as BoJack Horseman has taught all of us, life does not fit into a narrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This community community diy whatever you want to call it this nebulous kind of culture culture has given me the best memories of my life okay yeah Yeah. but it's given me a lot of also complexes because of shit like this and like i don't know i'm trying to live my life i'm trying to get fucking married i mean i'm saying that with no (laughs) prospects or wouldn't it be sick to just be domestic and like argue about fucking bath towels instead of this shit like i I'm living that life right now. I love it. That's sick. Ow. Yeah. I want it. Uh, I propose instead of calling it DIY or the scene or the culture or whatever, we just call it clout. I mean, like... We just call it, call it all clout. I, I don't know. I think, like, that is kind of what sucks about, like, call-out culture is that, like, it exists for some people to get points on a leaderboard to like see For, who's the performative most. justice yeah and and like that sucks because like okay i said i worked for driftwood and like 
that was fucked because like it had all these people that would end up being exposed as also bad and uh, it's just like I've been around so long and had so many things get like okay here's a here's a really good example so Anthony Sanders near mint record out yeah and he puts out like an eight million page like admission of guilt without consent and like all this shit that he did incorrectly and I was just like I had a two hour conversation with him and I was like we have to drop you and it, it sucks like I have lost thousands of dollars because of people just like not being chill to put it simply and probably badly I just like you gotta do the right thing and you got sometimes it is hard to make a judgment call you know what is the right thing like wasn't there some shit with foxing like four years ago yeah that that shit gets like really complex um wasn't it like dude just took his dick out and read the vibe wrong i mean there was that and then there was somebody else saying that there was more to it and then the person who was saying that like ended up getting out as an abuse apologist and shit oh. um i don't know it's a it all, all around fucked up situation to the point where like i don't even like like i don't even like want to try and peel back the layers of that onion yeah i just like some people like uh, it's it's funny because i'm like looking at fucking twitter right now and diy midwest is going off about something else um and i have this person blocked why can i see this <laughs> um you can see you can see people's tweets if uh you've blocked them just not if they blocked you i kind of like that so yeah. <laughs> not like i want to pay mind to these things but anyway i i just think like we have in, in our clout if you want to call it that um, <laughs> we have the power to ruin lives and like we have to be really careful like spider-man okay with great power becomes great responsibility like there's this concept calling in like handling things offline with sensitivity and like that's good and like the diy midwest thing is that basically tried to say i do this which doesn't seem true if they're quote tweeting everyone and being just like overzealous about certain things and not really thinking before they're tweeting like I wish that Twitter had a function where, like, you can, like, tweet something and then you uh, hit the tweet button and it waits 90 seconds and you have to stare at it. And then yeah. you have to be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't put this out in the universe. Maybe I should just go for a walk or... I don't think I'd ever tweet anything <laughs> if, that, if that happened. I mean, like, this... Look, this is literally, like, the problem that I have because, like, I tweet so much and like such stupid bullshit that I'm like one day like I want to like not do that. Um <laughs> we'll see. I'll retire when I get married. Um <laughs> married to the vegan cheesesteak I had like an hour ago. Well, we've been talking about so maybe not an hour ago. I I, I think about like you know, I, I've done it I've seen this as like a business thing too 
not like you know as a business thing to like not do the right thing and like stand by your artist because i've seen other labels do that um usually bigger ones but you know anthony sanders like that fucking sucked because that record had just come out um and like you know i i ask other labels for advice and they're like what would you like if you didn't pay for this like what would you want someone to do like what would you call on your friend to do what would you ask of other people and i was i was like you're right and like we tried to do whatever we could um to do the right thing and like i think that's important i think like people would still do it uh, luckily like in recent years that's not so like that doesn't happen that often um where like there was a point like in 2015 where i felt like there was a call every week Mm -hmm. to the point where i I felt like people were being like fucking assassinated in front of me like there was just a firing line of like all these people like dakota from unraveler and like yeah uh that's 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 bad that is genuinely shit no, 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 no. I'm not saying, I'm, like, not putting them on a scale. I'm just saying, like, all of this happened the same summer. And I was okay. like... And by the way, Dakota goes by Claire now um, and is in a band with Lou Diamond. That's, fuck that uh, shit. Fuck, uh, fuck all of that noise. And Nicole from The World Is booked them a show. <laughs> yep. Fuck Nicole. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about, though, because I feel like we also went through the same thing, just like this like last like nine months like since the podcast started up until like two or three months ago like it seemed like Mm -hmm. we were dealing with a new call out every fucking week and like honestly like i'm not an expert like i'm not a person who i've just a we've all seen it happen b some of us have had to deal with it like directly um and like uh i don't know i think like as a white dude who as a disability but like is relatively from a point of privilege i think like it is important for people who are survivors of abuse and like to take the lead and like tell their story and we can amplify it and help where necessary but i don't want to be the one to be like fuck this person um if you know i don't want to i don't want to lead the charge i think like it's important for people who actually are disenfranchised and like have had this happen to like have their voices heard if they're comfortable doing so without copyright. yeah exactly if they're comfortable doing so because we also don't want to like call upon them to no of course not perform um, that you know yeah or like do it without their consent which keeps <laughs> happening like keeps yeah happening. like i don't know what like this is another thing that i said like you want a hot take i feel like we're living in a fucking horrible episode of gossip girl where it's not even like a good one and it's like because like uh, and the, the the xoxo at the end is like sung by elliot smith <laughs> fucking stop <laughs> like, i don't want to laugh at that but that honestly feels that way anyway to wrap up my thought i think like i i think call it culture is like I don't want to say on the way out, but it's definitely like people are realizing how fucked up it can be. 
and how it's kind of just like at times it can feel like you just have a grudge and you want to or you like had a shitty breakup and like are having a moment and like you can't put them on the same scale as like you know things that have happened that we could name all day but the other thing is like i don't want something that is not abuse to be called abuse because that that desensitizes things it it makes it like almost homogenized in like a really bad way because then you're just like well anything's abuse now exactly i I mean at the same time i'm also like i don't know if i'm 100 percent down with how easily uh we're saying that like calling someone out for abuse can like ruin lives because louis ck just came back to stand-up comedy at to like uproarious approval it seems like there's a couple people on the internet calling it out here or there but um like there's a million examples of being called out uh and like straight up admitting to abuse like louis ck did like not having any adverse correct like effect on your career well Um, i think like um we there's a really interesting thread in um the sub today about why a lot of emo revival bands don't play Warped Tour or didn't play Warped Tour and someone said it is kind of like fucked if a band like you know a band in our circle playing Warped Tour knowing what Warped Tour stood for because the emo scene does have a little more social consciousness and I think like I don't want I don't know anything about comedy but I know a lot about fucking dudes and not like just dudes being dudes and like not caring and just i do be- i do know a lot about comedy because i did stand up for a long time um the dudes being dudes attitude is just amplified in comedy um, of course because a lot of I, the routines are just sometimes like that yeah oh also the fact that like the social culture of comedy is very much like how far can we push the boundaries of the comfort of the humans around us for quote unquote the bit yeah it's like comedy like even it's hard for me to even like watch the office sometimes because i'm like this is kind of fucked because this literally happens and i know that like they know this and like that's why it kind of has stood some test of time but like there's some episodes i'm like fuck like how do you how do you feel about it's always sunny in philadelphia i hate that show um what uh... hold on i know it's like emo like canon like max seals the song about perspective obviously but like i like really just didn't vibe with it maybe i'm like not in the mood and like need to try it again because like everyone's like you would like this show and i just like I think maybe besides Community or tied with Community, it's my favorite show of all time. I love Community. It's well, one of the one of the writers for Community writes for Always Sunny now. Um, I think Hmm. if you were not down with like the earlier seasons, that the later seasons are a good entry point because you can like see the show getting more and more blatantly leftist and progressive. It there's like a lot of. I feel like it's always sunny has to like comedy in general also has to be looked at in the sense of uh is this like satire is important because 
comedy is a great tool to point out the flaws in human nature and our shitty behavior. I think Always Sunny does a better job than most of making it clear that it is satire and what the target of that satire is, as opposed to something like like South Park, where it can occasionally be very, very unclear what it's satirizing, and that becomes problematic. All right, let's pivot a little bit, because this is a good... Okay, let's talk about the hard times for a second, because, like... Okay. I remember when the hard times first started, and, like, this was in the time when Jaded Punk Hulk was, like, really active, so, like, I thought that, like, those were, like, basically just, like, kindred spirits of, like, comedy. And then, like, it got too real, and I was like, okay, who's ever writing this is, like, actually fucking on the pulse of this. Also, like, we brought Matt, who runs the Hard Times, onto the podcast, and, like, he was hilarious. Yeah, I think... uh, Because Hard Times has, like shit tons of people who like wrote for the onion and the av club and whatnot yeah 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 it's just like the growth of it is good but also like there was an article recently that really like spun a lot of my friends out which was like (laughs) five scott pilgrim quotes that uh your former boyfriend would use to like abuse you or something and fuck yeah people i have like in a lot of group chats and people fucking lost it and i was like Oh my god. Well, like, obviously Scott Pilgrim, like, gets a lot of crap for, like, the setup, but, like, the movie criticizes the decision the whole time. Like, well, I think the comic, I, like, does a much better job of forcing Scott to take accountability as well. Yeah, like, but there were all six volumes or something, right? Seven? Uh, it, ta- it takes literally 20 minutes to read a volume of it. It's six staff. <laughs> yeah, I, like, love that movie but like a lot of people are like well he did a high schooler like you wouldn't you wouldn't be cool with that if that happened in real life I'm like the movie literally is like not chill with it and like also like the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing which I you know have you know been known to like but like I grew up on John Green so like that's kind of where it came from (laughs) like he basically made that okay and like or what about a movie like uh 500 days of summer where it's a deconstruction of the manic pixie dream girl but joseph gordon levitt to go on record and say no my character is fucking in the wrong well yeah i mean like he good because a lot of people like that movie high fidelity is another good example where like i love i actually love that movie it sucks (laughs) because like it all these movies are like really good examples of like I, I would say like just not cool behavior like toxic is a good example like but they're all tied to music and they're all like really like standout music movies and it like fucking blows that like the the leads in these movies have to be just like idiots um i think i think the like the reason a lot of them get a pass is because like the characters are forced yeah. to confront their their toxicity in some way maybe maybe not so much in High Fidelity. I think he does like a little bit. Um, when when High Fidelity again, not, again not as much as in the book. But. High Fidelity also came out in like 2000. Yeah. So like, yeah. It there there's a time and place, and like Scott Pilgrim is old now, um, old-ish. Because yeah, that's fucking bizarre. It's eight years it's old. It's coming to Netflix um, on Saturday, actually. 
Um, Holy shit. Yeah, and BoJack Horseman's tomorrow. I might stay up and watch it. But um, I don't know. Like, just Scott Pilgrim isn't real life. Like, we have to remember this. And, like, we just need to treat each other better and let people like things and pressure EA to put out Skate 4. Actually, I don't want them to put out Skate 4 because they're just going to make every kickflip cost $5 and I don't know. They'd ruin it. I don't want it. Yeah. Also, Skate 2 was fucked up because they were obsessed with cops in that game. I don't... Like, what? Why did you do that? Um, Yeah, we got off topic. Uh... I don't actually remember what the topic was, and that's I don't kinda... really know either. Well, we're having a conversation. Well, so, I want to talk about a couple things that pertain to your work with management, and one of them would be when and I'm just gonna read them how I how I wrote them. When does a band in the world of DIY need a manager? What does a band with a manager get that a band without one is missing out on? All right, uh, it depends on your band. Every band is different. Um, a good example is Barely Civil, a band that had been a band forever, and they like to say that, but I basically say you played Green Day covers, like don't. They're sing. also from Wausau, Wisconsin, and there's nothing in Wausau, Wisconsin. Okay, so I basically focused on press for them, and so like. They got Stereogum, they got Brooklyn Vegan, they got Uprox. Like, these actual websites were, like, interested in this band. And, like, that helped them get on Billboard. And, like, they, it's fine. But, like, you have to really, as a band, when you hire a manager, and, like, I don't make any money. I didn't make them sign a contract. Like, I don't do this for money because I know that no one has money. I, I think when you're a young band and you want help, you should think about what you can afford to have and like what would actually benefit you because like some managers don't do anything even at like larger levels you like ask your friends like in your community like okay like this person what have they done for you like how have they helped you grow and i think like because every band wants to have get closer to their ceiling right um and for Barely Civil, it was like I was doing Isaac a favor, but then we like wanted to be more serious. And like Bristle Tongue, like really, it, it needs to focus on getting their lineup together and like things that like have plagued them just by circumstance. And like after that, we can start rocking. You just have to listen uh, when you're a manager. And like for a DIY band, like you also don't need a manager. So, like, I, I just manage because I've done it before and, like, I want to help and charge no money. So it's, like, a trial period. But, like, DIY bands, like, I don't... I'm, like, not endorsing my services. I think, like, you can do it yourself because I... It is trial and error right now. That's why this question is so, so hard. So, <laughs> in the case of Barely Civil, you got them on Stereo Gum and got them on Brooklyn Vegan, etc. They, they literally don't have the connections that you'd have to make that happen so that couldn't have happened right 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 right. but that's what a publicist does like a manager like i i'm really i was good at press at yeah let's say um for that but also that record is like a press dream like and, and like i 
for managing, like, I gave them a booking agent. Like, we do have, which, like, DIY booking agents are also, like, a contentious topic because, like... I have it in the next question. <laughs> like, I, I've i known Ryan Harris, who, like... Because we used to fucking admin the Defend Pop Punk group together, so, like, I've known him... <laughs> God. ...for years, and, like, he was in Head North, and, like, you know, I, I know that band. He, he was in, like, Have Mercy, and, like, He's in Jetty Bones now, so, like, he knows people. Also, like, he's good at what he does when he has lead time. And But, like, DIY booking agents also, like, make $8 in commission and, like, bust their ass for, like, tours that don't draw. Like, you have to be careful with that because, like, the relationships that you can have with, like, you know, house owners and, like, other people who promote shows, like, is valuable if you do it yourself i'm just bad at booking shows because i booked <laughs> i booked a near mint showcase it was five bands they were all touring bands and no one came and then i was like okay i'm never fucking doing this again so i need help and so yeah. that's why i brought mine in. like know where your weaknesses are and if you're a diy band and like don't have time to put in the work at the beginning like maybe you should reevaluate kind yeah. of what you need and like if you need help like ask for it but like know what you're getting into because like a lot of people see managers as like suits you know like yeah you know read a book about like the beach boys manager how it, brian wilson basically gave all this money to the like this crackpot of a doctor to like be the business manager of the beach boys and how fucked up that was granted that is kind of an isolated incident but that does scare people um, yeah. So my next question is, and there's a lot in it, but uh, do you think in the scene bands trying to be professional, something that is shamed, um, and to editorialize this, um, I'm in a band that was talking about touring South in March, and or they like brought that up to me, and I was like, yo, do you know what's in the South in March? South by Southwest. And they may, and they immediately said, fuck South by Southwest. All That's right. capitalist bullshit. This is, this is a good question, because then, I was at go. South by Southwest um, recording a live podcast on the official podcast stage. Um, and How do we get on that? That Well, <laughs> they did it the first year, and they let us on, and then we reapplied, and they actually got real podcasts, so... Um, Fuck. Maybe you'll get on. Just record better audio, bro. Um, <laughs> kidding, obviously. That's why I got this. This will sound great. Um, I don't know. And like the South by Southwest controversy with like the immigration clause um, with Felix from Told Slant, and like how yeah. you know how fucked up that is, but like how it had always been there, and like all these nuances, and like we had a conversation where we didn't know if we should do the podcast and like we had a moment of crisis but then we were like fuck that like we can we can make this okay um we had worked we had busted our asses to get to that point and like when you're doing a thankless job talking to the same people for an hour a week for three years and it's like your solace and your life raft you want to hang out with these people in austin yeah like it's like a stepping stone for us and but, like but like me like bringing up south by southwest is like yo like alex from pacific nature they put on a showcase like yeah yeah, yeah. 
like I could totally like hook something up cool like, like that which is something that is like nothing like it means nothing it's just we get to play with cool well, bands and maybe we, of, we, we like become friends with South them. by Southwest like on official showcases and whatnot like I spent more time like not going to like Weezer and like Jimmy World played a show honestly I wish I went to that instead because instead I went to the fucking house where I grilled mom jeans yeah so like I spent a lot of time at unofficial showcases the alternative one comes to mind and like yeah um, mutual friends records did one that Namdi uh, Obanaya played like there was some cool experiences at unofficial showcases South by Southwest fucking rocks and y'all are nerds um, yeah yeah and like if you don't do it you're missing out on a huge networking opportunity and like networking diy that's a scary word too i'm sorry okay (laughs) a lot of people use networking as a corollary to social climbing it's not the same thing um it really isn't it is definitely like like, making friends that's what it is like yeah at any job if you have a business relationship you are networking um a lot i love being professional i think it a lot of people do see it as not DIY to be professional just because you're not tweeting in all caps about fucking smoking weed but like I'll tell you this I would never have written for all press if I didn't write good email I mean I'd I'd much I'd much fucking rather have like booking agents be professional than when C Space Cowboy played in Las Vegas and they didn't get paid until like fucking two weeks after their tour ended via PayPal because the, the person who ran the show was a dipshit, you know? I don't think, I think, like, having your shit together is something that's, like, often demonized in DIY circles because, like... It's somehow become underrated. I mean, because, like, I, I oh, it's okay because it's DIY. It's okay, like, it's okay to be messy and not, and, and not, like, pay people properly or on time because it's DIY, man. No, yeah. that's not how this shit fucking works. No, like... If you're running a label, okay, and, like, there's... Okay, aesthetics are one thing. Like, if you don't put fucking labels on your tapes, like, no one's going to come for you. Like, who cares? But, like, if you're not paying bands and you're not making sure that your bands are properly compensated when you are, like, making money and, like, pocketing it, like, no, that sucks. And, like, but I'm, like more concerned that bands just think it's cool to like I mean generally just to be like fucking meme lords and like not focus on like you know who's watching Twitter like APA like Mm -hmm. fucking ground control touring like management companies that are seeing that bands are hemorrhaging money because they're not thinking about like organization okay like i've seen bands google drives and they give me nightmares <laughs> like, like it takes zero dollars and it just takes two hours to like make a good spreadsheet to track merch or like and it makes all the difference and also like if you're saying fuck south by southwest and like you're thinking oh well i can do this alone you can't like do it yourself is never do it yourself and like i wish the term 
would stay on fucking Etsy and not be used here because like I, mean, I, I feel like it should be do it ourselves or do it together. Like, do it together like I have business cards okay my business cards say reigning king of DIY ink it's a joke someone said to me and I thought it was funny so I made business cards um, and on the back it says do it yourself question mark do it together um, because I I've like I couldn't do anything without help like there's no way. A, I'm disabled, so like I need help. And B, also like I can't do everything, and no one can. So like by tweeting "fuck South by Southwest" or like saying that, even you're already burning a bridge. And like bridges are important, especially if you live on the other side of the country and you want to make it to California. Like, how are you going to get there? Talking to people, being professional having organization following up being diligent but like nice um also being nice is underrated um (laughs) like there's a lot of people i i think it's an east coast thing um where people feel entitled to be territorial and like yeah you can work hard and like feel like everything's something you earn but like i promise that's not just an east coast thing I, pr- I promise it's not. It just feels like bigger on the East Coast. Um, uh, I've never lived on the East Coast in my life, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Cool. I think it's just kind of like people who like have built something or like get off my lawn, um, and it's like not chill, and it like turns people off to the idea that like that they can be a part of something. If you're like, yo. Uh, no like I deserve this because I got here I can make the rules it's like okay but like what if you were me five years ago and you like want to get involved and you can't because some fucking shitbag is like being a jerk you know what I mean like it's not hard to like want people to join the party um because DIY should be fun it's fucking music, y'all. Like, yeah, it gets so far away from the music. It's dumb, man. I was having this conversation with like Ben from Marietta, and we were talking about when's the last time you like made music, or like when's the last time that you thought about an interaction and it was about music only. It never is. Like, yeah, and that sucks because like, you know, you come into this with such hope and sometimes you do get beaten down but it is important to remember why you were here and what you were trying to do and trying to keep doing it um and that's why i never quit because i i just like rebranded and started over um while knowing that like i love this shit um and i'm gonna keep doing it until i probably drop dead y'all um Drop Dead, like, Bring to the Prize and Drop Dead. Hell yeah. Uh, Drop Dead also... Drop Dead, like, the 90s uh, crust punk slash power violence band. You were not speaking a language I understand, but I respect it. (laughs) Love Drop Dead, Ellie. (laughs) Um, I remember that fucking band, Anal Cunt. Um, Yeah. 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 You remember their song, Locking Drop Dead, inside of a McDonald's? They actually did that. There's like fucking pictures of it. <laughs> nice. That um, terrible. Terrible. Uh, what? Uh, my uh, 
That's committing to the bit. I like that. No, don't don't enjoy anal cunt. No. <laughs> Are they shitheads? Well, well, Seth Putnam was a shithead. One of the most famous pictures is Seth Putnam getting his dick sucked while he's doing heroin on stage. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, so it's bad. It's bad. I'll take it. I'll work for it. I do give him credit. I give him credit for the first song he played after getting out of his coma. Was you're in a coma? Yeah. (laughs) That, That. that's dope. Everything else he's ever done in his life was shit. <laughs> yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. So let's do our normal wrap up things. Um, James, where can people find you on the internet between episodes? Um, you or can find after me this at, episode. Uh, Gets Rebel, G E T C E R E B R A L. Um, that is a Get Smart reference, which is a movie starring Steve Martin based on a TV show. I thought the the movie was Steve Carell, the two thousand. Fuck. The two thousand. I wish it was Steve Martin. Um, uh, that, you're thinking of Panther. Oh, fucking yeah, that movie's cool. Anyway, you can find me there. I'm verified. <laughs> you probably know who I am and have me muted, so which is fair. Um, that's basically it. You can look at Rumble Pack if you want. Uh, Rumble P A K dot C O. Um, Near Mint, I'm not active, but I still, my name is on the website, wearenearmint.com. Uh, that's basically it. Listen to fucking future teens, too. Um, that's it. Ellie, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at you don't need maps. Uh, you can follow my blog, you don't need maps.wordpress.com. Uh, send me a friend request on Facebook facebook.com slash you don't need maps and I am now officially a writer for uh, No Echo uh, which is a really really cool uh, hardcore and punk oriented website run by Carlos formerly of Black Army Jacket shout out to Adam who was on the podcast previously for hooking me up with that opportunity Uh, I really hope to get an article out soon sweet uh, you can follow me on Instagram at nothing feels Gucci. I activated a Twitter account, but haven't done anything with it. And I think, well, I'm just gonna float it out here. If anyone follows me, maybe I'll start doing something. Um, it is yo underscore soy milk uh, <laughs> because I couldn't think of any better fucking Algernon or emo references. So that's what I did. Um, you could follow the podcast at the e word pod on twitter the e-word pod on instagram and the email is the e-word podcast um at gmail.com so that is it for episode 18 james thanks for hanging out of course excellent excellent guest thank you so much Uh, i appreciate that was that like three hours long yeah yeah but that's also kind of kind of kind of normal